Welcome, everyone. So are you tired of the same old ways of seeing things? Well, you've come to the right place. Here, we cut through the world of surface appearances and look for the light that's rare in the depths. Here, we dive into the dark waters where strange creatures move. Here, we're free to be that foolish knight who lunges at windmills and who lights up the world with his magical vision. It's all too much, says George Harrison. That's true. But all the more reason to jump into it and intoxicate yourself with life's infinite profusion. After all, you don't discover new lands by sticking close to the shore, do you? This is the wisdom of, and coming up today, the archetype of the suffering artist. it going, everybody? I hope all is well with you. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, so in this episode, I want to try to say something about the, um, about the archetype of the suffering artist. So, uh, let's just, uh, jump right into it. Well, okay, so it's hard not to look at the great artists of the last, uh, I don't know, uh, two, three hundred years, and see any that did not, in one way or another, suffer, right? I mean, how many were racked with a, a kind of a spiritual despair? How many, how many lapsed into depression? How many had their organs played out due to alcoholism and drug abuse and just uh, decadence? How many succumbed to insanity and suicide? How many lived on the fringes of society, estranged from others? Anyway, what's pretty clear is that the archetype of the artist here, of the last uh, few hundred years, is of an injured and a doomed one. Okay, but, um, but here's the thing. Artists were not always outsiders. They weren't always uh, disconnected from society as they have been in the last uh, 200 years or so. And they didn't always suffer either. At least not in the uh, dreadfully existential and uh, suicidal way that characterizes the lives of countless artists like, like Vincent van Gogh or, or Rothko or, or Hemingway or uh, Modigliani. I mean, for example, in Europe, during the um, medieval age, art was, was an indispensable part of the community at large. And the artist, well... He was pretty much a kind of a respected workman or, or craftsman who expressed the values and the ideals of his own society. You know, um, he might work on a, on a cathedral, or he might work on the, the miniature illustrations of a manuscript, all things that belong to the larger culture. So the artist was reflecting his larger home, and so he felt a, a strong sense of belonging to it. In short, he had an essential and a recognized function within his community. Art was his trade. By the way, 
something similar held for, uh, for ancient Greece as well. I mean, um, Pericles, for example, used public money to pay artists to, to build grand temples, like the, uh, the Parthenon, for instance. Again, here too, artists had a particular immersed role and an identity in the culture. Okay, but, um, but then something important happened. Namely, the rise of capitalism. And uh, this happens around the time of the Renaissance. So, to state it uh, quickly and dogmatically, essentially what happened with capitalism is that it caused the, the gradual breakdown of the community and its uh, infrastructure. And with this, the, the slow disintegration of spiritual values. The same values that had given art and artists their recognized function, their, their sense of belonging and their mission. So, with capitalism, now artists became pushed aside and so became more detached and less connected. But also, importantly, they became more individualistic. They began to see themselves as standing apart from community and from society, and they began to see their work, their art, not as a means, not as something there in the service of the, of the greater whole, but as an autonomous end in itself. And um, all this basically culminates in the picture of artists that we get at the start of the Romantic period. You know, the, um, the early 1800s or so. Now, in this period, artists have become quite different from what they used to be. Now, they're quite clearly the outsiders, untethered from their traditional culture. They're, um, they're bohemians. They're, they're the black swan. They're, they're eccentric. And maybe most importantly, they're no longer well-adjusted members of society. No, actually, they're completely estranged from it. So, I don't know, maybe this is one reason why, why artists, at least some of them, suffer so much. They suffer because deep down they, they desperately long for a lost community or, or a spiritual home. I mean, for example, something like this seems to partly explain Vincent van Gogh's inner pain and turmoil. We know that he, he yearned for a Christian community. Actually, at one point, he even chose to live in a coal mining district, preaching to miners and uniting with them by living their life of terrible poverty. Anyway, it seems to have been this same religious yearning that drove Van Gogh to paint with such a, a monomaniacal fever. A, a self-mutilating fever that would fairly quickly lead him to suicide. Okay, now... I think that another reason artists tend to suffer, most often as a result of a disconnection, is because, well, because what attracts them is originality and distinction. But that's very hard to find in a homogenized and mechanized world, right? It's, it's very hard to find in a conformist collective dominated by popular tastes. And so... So what tends to happen is that in desperation for the, uh, the truly original and the truly creative, they refuse to compromise and they recoil from the, from the world of mass culture. But here's the thing. That recoiling, as much as it might be uh, necessary, what it often does, I think, is it, 
exacerbates further an alienation and a loneliness. I don't know, maybe something like this is why the uh, the French painter Gustave Courbet said, In the society in which we artists live, it doesn't take much to reach the void. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, this sort of a uh, this sort of need to be authentic and so to to flee from popular culture reminds me a bit of Kafka's incredible short story, The Hunger Artist. So, for those of you who don't know, this is a story about a man who's known only as, well, as the the hunger artist. Now, what he does is he travels from town to town where he puts himself on display in a locked cage in which he fasts for periods of up to 40 days. This is his art. Now, as I'm sure you know, what Kafka means by his stories is uh, is never easy to figure out. And uh, that's to understate it. But on the face of it, at least, he seems to be saying a couple of uh, a couple of things here. First, the suggestion seems to be that that the genuine artist must sacrifice himself. He must give up a whole lot for his art, including his health and uh, and any preoccupation with wealth. And um, and secondly, and this is what I've been trying to say a moment ago. The suggestion seems to be that being a true artist means cutting oneself off from the world and being authentic about what one creates and being uncompromising and not caring what others think. And that's just what the hunger artist does. In fact, in his pride and in his integrity for his art, he becomes so emaciated that he dies only to be quickly replaced in his cage by a panther. Okay, well, so so far I've talked about how it is the artist has suffered due to being uh, marginalized by and so alienated from the, the larger society to which he or she used to belong. But let's not forget something else that's in play here too. And that's the fact that a lot of this suffering is also self-imposed, and so to some extent welcomed. Despite their complaints, they're not so quick to turn away the demons. I mean, let's face it, artists clearly use their suffering to fuel their artistic output. They use and they need their despair to inspire their creations. As the, um, as the line from the U2 song, The Fly, goes, all artists kill their inspiration and sing about their grief. So, beginning at least with the uh, Romantic period, there is an important element of being a, a sacrificial victim going on here in the service of the greater cause, which is the art. There's a kind of um, artistic and even moral value that artists place on their alienation from popular or traditional society. And deep down, these artists seem to know the one secret that's hard for so many of us to accept. Namely, that there is some absolutely crucial connection between self-destruction and true and inspired creativity. Like Dionysus, they know that highly precarious form of creativity. The one that produces great works, but always threatens chaos and self-dissolution. 
been listening to the Wisdom of Podcast. If you want to know more about this topic or the podcast in general, visit wisdomofpod.com 